show yes, yeah not even a month ago it feels like a hundred years has passed it's so crazy how much has happened in just a few weeks i mean okay so the live show was on march 26 today is april 20 well it's april it's 1204 in the morning on april 22nd yeah and the live show was on march 26th and then when did your grandma die april 4th april 4th so but it all started like yeah the wednesday before that so yeah yeah so oh wait well no yeah. like you're How nice of her to wait though <laughs> yeah thanks for waiting <laughs> but like your dog got got sick oh oh and my i had my mother-in-law was in town but both my my mom and my mother-in-law were in town yeah you were in town you literally left i went and picked layla up from school mm-hmm. when um we had left the hotel i went and got layla and layla was acting alarmingly lethargic yeah to the point that i was like this isn't right we went to lunch and she was radiating heat and we mm-hmm. went to the doctor as quickly as we could and she slept like for f- fucking 20 hours straight it was bizarre it was so weird and then my dog got bit by a snake the next day while i was in atlanta with my mother-in-law it was yeah so that happened and then a week from the day nora got bit by the snake your grandma died yes and then a week later, your grandma died. Yep. And then a couple of days after that, I took my dog to the vet and found out that she has heart problems. Yep. So. So both of us have had my dog, dog problems. almost lost a leg. Yeah. And then your dog, they don't really tell you because they didn't know. But there's a heart problem, so you think, "Holy fucking shit, I'm gonna have yeah, to put her down." Right. I, I didn't know what it was, so I spent just two or three days in panic and now it's a little less of the panic but i just still don't know entirely what's going on so well, and then i just did a birthday party for my daughter today so it's yeah. like a car just kind of it hasn't slowed down and then we're still releasing episodes so there was a a week where we didn't release an episode yeah because it was just too much <laughs> i hope you understand why now yeah not many people out there like where the fuck are funeral stories episodes? <laughs> i'm no longer a listener <laughs> unsubscribe <laughs> they were probably like finally a week without <laughs> we don't have to listen to Casey and Laura um yeah so that that was interesting so April 3rd was a Wednesday mm-hmm. and my I got the call I'm looking at the calendar real quick I got the call about my grandma on the 11th April 4th was a Wednesday April yeah you're right april 4th yeah, was- so i got the call about my grandma on april 11th and she passed at 6 a.m on april 12th so it yeah. was like yeah so i was gonna oh oh and not to mention that i got deathly fucking ill oh yeah like could have died but i was gonna come down to the funeral for laura's grandmother and i aunt flo came to town and it it, it hit me harder than it has in years um, actually, probably ever, but it was because I had a bacteria living inside of me. <laughs> I was sick during the live recording, and I was on the tail end of my uh, pers- my 
antibiotic and then I lost I left it in the hotel room and um it lived in me and it got stronger and stronger and it came back with a fucking vengeance and so I'm literally feeling like I'm on my own deathbed (laughs) because I'm not responding to antibiotics um and then that was when I got the call about my grandma yeah and you know not to say that anytime you lose anyone it's easier easier because it never is but this was the first death of this sort because I for anyone that's been listening to this podcast and just so everyone knows this is the first time I'm telling Laura this story yeah I don't know her funeral story because and and it was kind of bizarre because it's almost like we're doing an experiment yeah because I immediately wanted to call you yeah when it happened I did call you when it happened but I immediately wanted to call you when it happened and then after the funeral yeah but then I thought to myself I'm gonna give this a few days I'm gonna wait because I think that it's gonna be better because at this point I still wanted I got so sick and I want to know your story yeah but I think we were withholding it for for this so this is the first time we're hearing each other's stories yeah um so I'll start with my story and then Laura will share her story but um my grandmother anyone that's listened to the podcast knows that I have a a strange relationship with my father and that he's a very unwell man and I don't really get into it because it's I don't really see the I don't know if I just don't see the point or if I just don't want to put it out there how fucked up he was but it was like next level fucking investigation discovery shit like it's amazing that we're alive I'll say that um so about 10 years ago I had to I made a decision to protect myself and cut him out of my life and with that came the unfortunate uh decision sacrifice i don't know whatever you call it um that i quit speaking to that side of the family because i was under the impression they were still really or not really close with him but that that the place they lived is this this huge farm in the middle of georgia called pitts georgia the town (laughs) there pitts georgia in wilcox county georgia fun fact they just held their first um, non-segregated prom oh, like a couple of years ago. Yeah. So that was a thing. But um, they live in, in, in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. And I always thought that this was like his safe haven. He could always go back there. So while I grew up on this farm and I grew up going there, I, I just kind of quit going after a while. Um, last time I was there was Thanksgiving 2008. So almost a decade. Yeah. And and I, I, but I grew up going there every, I mean, constantly as a child and it really, it really hurt. Um, it really hurt to not go there and to think about them and, you know, things like I had a daughter and I've never heard you talk about them. Yeah. And they were a huge part of my life. But I understand up. you just had to kind of cut it out. Yeah. It was hard. It was so hard because my Nana, um, she was a fucking pistol. She was a fucking pistol. Um, she was the most sarcastic, wittiest person I've ever met with fucking sense of humor that, I mean, I can't, I don't hold a candle to her. She, any tiny bit of funny I am, I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably because of her. <laughs> um, but she was just a, a badass. She was a feminist in every sense of the word. Um, but, it hurt me really deeply. Uh, my mom divorced my dad after 20 years of marriage and of, of a 20 years of abuse. Let's not even call it marriage. 20 years of abuse. And um, she 
kept it like my nana and her still kept in touch and my nana would still send her letters with these little drawings and my mom even said when my nana when she passed last week she said I was closer to your nana than I was my own mother Mm -hmm. and I mean I even remember my nana being like I don't know how you're married to Mike I don't know how Mm -hmm. you do it and this is her firstborn son yeah so that's that's crazy but um she's a feminist in every sense of the word and yeah so I quit going there uh, and, and, you know, growing up as a child, every time we went, my dad and my my grandpa, I called him Papa Bob, which is like the most redneck thing ever. But my Papa Bob and him would get into a fight and it would sometimes end in one of them pulling a fucking gun on each other. So it was like it was crazy. Like it didn't necessarily it had good memories, but not when my dad was around. And my Papa Bob was such a gentle guy when my dad wasn't around. But as soon as my dad came in, it was like they he tensed up and I lived my whole life thinking these horrible things about them and my dad told us you know oh he abused uh he abused me he would invite mm. his friends over to beat my ass these horrible Jeez. things that i grew up believing about him and my dad is an a sociopath pathological liar and i asked my uncles about this and they were like that never happened your dad was the golden child they paid for his first fucking year at auburn out of pocket and he didn't go to one class and he joined the military to punish, um, like as a, <laughs> oh, you're going to quit paying for my school. Then I'm going to join the military type thing. Like what fucked up. Yeah. And my papa was like, that's probably the best thing you could do. Um, so he was a golden child. He lied about everything. And my, my uncle Doug said, if he was such a piece of shit, why would we take care of him? Like, why would we still be yeah. here? Like, that's not true. It's bullshit. And my grandma used to say, my Nana about my dad would say Mike is an only child with three younger brothers hmm (laughs) so I mean but I grew up thinking these I hate to say it but these were bad people or not bad people but these aren't the kind of people you want to associate with and that he, he has a I'm better than everyone mentality already but also this like mentality that first like they were on his side yeah so when I drew that line in the sand I couldn't ever go back yeah and um I so I didn't and when I had Layla it was I had to protect myself so I you know I just didn't see him and but Jenny and I and my mom and my oldest sister April who was adopted by my my dad uh, my biological father um we would say like we need we really need to go see Nana we really need to go see her. And the only person in that side of the family that I kept in touch with was my cousin, Ryan, who is two, I think two years younger than me. Um, he's military active duty military. He's leaving for Kuwait in two weeks. Um, he's like a weapon specialist, but he, uh, kept in touch with us and he still went constantly to see my Nana and Papa Bob and, his dad, Phil was the second boy. So it was Mike and then Phil and Mike and Phil are, are, are similar feels just not like a huge piece of shit like my dad like yeah but they, they were the closest is what i'm trying to say so um ryan would always tell my nana about me um and kind of keep in touch with us and i just i don't know i think i got com- like okay with thinking that well she knows i love her because ryan's telling her and i don't need to check in because i'm protecting myself and so she started, she got, she had, um, some dementia and she started kind of going 
And then she also had really bad diabetes. And so she went mm. blind. She was blind the last year or two of her life. I don't know oh, how long. Wow. Yeah. Um, so she kind of you know, fading and everyone knew it was getting close. And they said the last like two weeks, they knew that it was coming. I, I wanted to see my Nana and I knew that it was, it was going to happen. I just didn't. I mean, I knew it was going to happen and I knew that I should have, but I always felt like, well, too much time has gone by. I can't go now. Like she, she won't even remember me like this whole thing. And, um, so everything going on in my life and my dad and I hadn't talked to my dad in 10 years. So, Sorry. Did you know that she was diagnosed with a dimension was going blind before this? Well, I didn't know that she had gone blind, but I did know that, um, she, she did have dementia, but they said that just like with with some sort of dementia you're there a little bit and then you're gone for a little while and then you're yeah. there a little bit and then you're gone. I was just wondering if you just found that out at the or if you already knew no um my because like I said I, I had kept in touch a little bit with my cousin Ryan mm-hmm. and so he would fill us in and it was you know in a way that was I'll say this about my cousin um he is not the person you think when you look at me and Jenny my sister Jenny when you look at us you would not think this would be someone that we'd be close to because ideologically we are so different. Um, but he has been the most understanding and the most protective and um, gone to bat for us um, and not judged us at all for not coming. He kind yeah. he got it. And and, then, and that's, I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. If it weren't for my cousin Ryan, I don't think I would have made it through this last week. Yeah. Without a doubt. Jenny too. Um, and he was a fucking little asshole growing up. I mean, he was like the kind that would just throw pine cones just to watch it bleed. Like he was a little shit. So to see him grow into his, his son is actually three weeks older than Layla. So it's kind of nice that they have that. But when you see, uh, oh, 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 oh. And just to set this fucking scene here, his son was literally after the funeral playing with a gun. And, And Ryan is like, he's a weapon specialist in the army. So he's like. He checked it 9,000 times. It's not loaded. But but that was how Ryan was as, as a kid. Oh, like an actual gun, not like a toy gun. No, an actual pistol. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> okay. I thought you were, when you said playing with a gun, I thought you just meant like a, a no, toy. Pla- no. Oh. An actual pistol. He was wow. like, no, it's broken. And there's no, and, but yes, it is. And that gun was the whole weekend just fucking set on the stoop. <laughs> a, a broken gun that had no way of firing but still it's one of those things that i was like yeah well i'm new here now so <laughs> can't really say anything yeah but middle georgia like so this is when i say like we could not be more opposite but that didn't fucking matter because we're family right. um which is something i didn't realize i'd been looking for for so long yeah that i'd really missed and so anyway he had kept us in touch like filled in on that um I don't know why I got off on the tangent about Ryan but um so I got the call that my grandma had died and I was really sick I had a, a bacteria that was some fucking antibiotic resistant thing so at the time it almost felt like I was living in a daze already and so I got the text on a on Wednesday night and said from my um cousin Ryan that said grandma's in the hospital and I thought okay well you know she's 87 she's in the hospital okay so then my sister Jenny called Ryan and talked to him 
And then she called my uncle Doug. So there's four boys. My dad's the oldest of four boys. I know I said that, but it's Mike, Phil, Paul, and Doug. God, uh, another Uncle Phil? Yeah, it's my other <laughs> Uncle Phil with two L's. This one has two L's. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Phil. 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 That's Ryan's dad. Ryan and Garrett's dad. But um, yeah, so I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, we'll see. So Jenny calls me and Jenny's like, I have plans this weekend. Like, I've got this badass thing I'm going to. I'm not going to cancel. Um, Nana's going to pull through and we'll go see her afterwards and I was like okay yeah like but then but I was like I think we should go like right now and she's like dude you're sick like you're gonna go to fucking hospital get everyone else sick you can't do that so you're right and it's not that Jenny didn't want to go but she was like let's just wait because you know me I'm like yeah it's happening we have to go now we've waited too long um but I'm it was too late at that point so that that night my sister talked to my uncle Doug who was he was always our cool uncle we like were really close to him so my sister April he's like two or three years older than April so that's how far apart he and my dad are so I think like 12 for 12 to 14 years apart yeah. so we um and he lives next door to my grandparents and by next door I mean like you know several football fields it feels yeah. like but um he's a geologist him and his wife have been together since she was like 14 you know so anyway just set in the picture so my uncle Doug is like because Jenny's like I'm just so sorry we haven't been around more and he was like I I get it like right away he was like I get it um I can't I can't blame like I get it and so Jenny started talking a little bit about it and my uncle Doug said listen Jenny your dad is my brother so there's always gonna be a part of me that loves him and if he were getting his ass beat I'd go help him fight but I would also go home immediately after and not say a thing to him like I'm I just I don't he's taken advantage of everyone and he told her I haven't seen your dad in 10 years and that while it was a sigh of relief for us it was just made our regret even stronger yeah because we got to the point where we quit answering our uncle's phone calls because it was like Every time we talked to him, it felt like a reminder of my dad. And I realize now that's not fair. But when you're a kid, yeah, you know, trying to figure the shit out, navigate, you can't really help it. So Jenny said, we want to come to the... Well, she hadn't died yet. But the next morning when she died, um, Jenny said, we want to come to the funeral. But we, we won't if Mike's going to be there. And that is when Phil or um, Mike is Casey's dad, by the way. Yeah, Mike is my dad. We won't if Mike is going to be there. And Doug said he won't. Uh, we're, we're not even telling him. They said we're not even going to tell him his mom died. Like, there's no reason. We don't want him here. The last time he talked to his mother, my dad talked to his mother. She cussed. He cussed her out. Wow. Was every drink I've ever taken is because of you. What? Yeah. Awful, horrible things. Aw- horrible things. And so my granddad is furious at him and what's really fucking crazy about it is or not crazy but trying to find the humor in this shit (laughs) she was on a 30 second memory loop at this point so he was fucking every drink i've ever taken is because of you you ruined my fucking life and she'd go so how's it going (laughs) and then he'd start cussing around she'd be like what and get all upset and then so how's it going so then he'd get more pissed off oh my gosh 
<laughs> which I didn't realize. So which just, is how I'm just going to handle arguments from now on, right? Just yes. in the middle of someone just yelling at you. Just how's it going? So how's it going? How's it going? Do you feel better? Do you feel better? I'm glad you feel and better. And then, uh, uh, so how's it going? Yeah, I mean, even if you're like, that's just... Remember in episode one, or I don't fucking know, when I said I was going to fake Alzheimer's? Yes. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Starting now. <laughs> Starting now. But yeah, so it's fucking great. Basically, they're like, no, he's not going to come. So then my sister called my Uncle Phil, and I called my cousin Ryan, and they both, they everyone was assuring us he's not going to be there. You okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Everyone was assuring us he's not going to be there. So we're like, all right, well, then we'll go. So my dad lives in Gainesville, Florida, which is like four hours from middle Georgia or whatever. And as far as we know, well, not as far as we know, we know he doesn't have a car. He was a fucking medical doctor. He was top of the Delta Force fucking Green Beret black ops shit in the army. Perfectly capable man, but also a horrible human with a drug problem. I hate to say horrible human, but you know what I mean? So he... um everyone thought dude he's gonna have to catch a bus to warner robbins and then get a lift or where someone's gonna go have to pick him up and no one's gonna go pick him up like it's yeah. not gonna happen so he apparently had not called we call it the farm my mm-hmm. grandparents house the farm he hadn't called the farm in months and it just so happened the friday or no that thursday he called and they had just come home from the funeral home from picking out the casket and everything <laughs> And my grandpa sees it and says, I'm not going to fucking answer it. You answer it. So he's a caller ID. And so my uncle Phil answers it and he goes, he's like, hello. And he's like, Hey, what's going on up there? Like, what's up? And Phil was like, well, mom died. So I've been busy with that. And and my dad flipped like, but when the fuck was someone going to tell me? And he was like, well, you weren't really my number one priority. So he made it all about himself. Yes. So he hung up on it. So then we come to find out that my dad does know. (laughs) And so we started getting nervous. Of course, the obituaries posted yeah. online. So we started to get nervous. Um, and I, we really wanted our mom to be there. And now my mom has not seen my dad in 15 years now. Wow. Uh, yeah, 15 years. And so, or more than that, actually. Since their divorce or has she seen him since they got divorced? Nope. Well. Nope. Um, even at my, well, yeah, no. I think the last time she saw him was like my high school graduation. Wow. So 2005. It's yeah. 2018. So I guess I'm not good at math. That's 13 years. Oh, close. Fucking close enough. A long time yeah. for it to be the father of your <laughs> for a decade. Children. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, it was not an amicable. No, <laughs> I don't really know how it could be. But uh, um, yeah, so I was about to say, wouldn't it be funny? If you weren't. Con- they didn't consciously uncouple. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was a long, long, arduous process. Arduous, yeah. Is that the right word? Yeah. I like how I'm always like, hey, dictionary, is that the right word? <laughs> Idiot. I've relied too much on technology. Hey, Lamster. Man, I would not do good on the SAT now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank fucking God I don't have to. So, um, anyway, yeah, so um, we really wanted her to come with us, and I was I was actually surprisingly okay. I had my moments where I'd cry, but then You're I was... You kind of panicking on the way down. Oh, I... That is when it... I, I was able to distract myself. Like, I was like, okay, I'm just going to pack and I'm going to figure out how to go. Like, da, 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 da. and I remember I am someone who does full hair and makeup for the fucking <laughs> grocery store for sometimes. The podcast. <laughs> for the podcast sometimes. Honestly, I'm just like, fuck it. Like, let's do it. Um, but because I knew these people and it was, it was oddly relieving because it was the first time 
in years, literally years that I've been like, I don't want to wear makeup. I don't want to do my hair because I'm going to these people that I want to fit in with. Yeah. I want them to recognize me, to feel comfortable with me and not like, I didn't want to walk up in there feeling bougie as shit, you know? Yeah. And, and it was funny cause I was like, Jenny was like, cause my grandparents, if you saw that house, you'd think that they were poor white trash and they are absolutely not, but that's how you'd think. And so I was like, I'm going to get there and I'm going to totally like feel like bougie as shit. And yeah, we, you know, the fucking my uncle Paul's camping out in the front yard. Like, <laughs> you know, he's a jewelry maker on St. Simon's Island, but he's like, fuck it. I'm, I'm in middle Georgia. I'm going to fucking get the full experience. So, oops, sorry. So, um, we leave, we pack up the car and Jenny is talking to me. My oldest sister, April wouldn't come. Um, and she felt really guilty about that, but I wasn't mad at her no. because, and it's not even, I know we've talked about like, you don't have to go to a funeral, like whatever, but it, cause that was so not it. What, what I, why I wanted her to go was the same reason I wanted my mom to go. I wanted to be a united front. Yeah. I wanted the support. I wanted to be there for each other, but you know, my dad abused us all in different ways and not that any of them were worse than others. But her timeline's not my timeline. And she wasn't ready. And I told her, you have to take care of yourself first. Yeah. So if you're not ready, don't fucking... She has spent her entire life putting herself last. So I was actually proud of her for not going. But she was the one that, only one that didn't go. But Jenny was like, I, there's two scenarios of what could happen. We could get there and he's not there. And that's fine. Or we could get there and he's there. And she was like, and then from there, there's two scenarios that could happen. And she was like, if he's there... Um, he could go absolutely fucking insane and it could get really bad or nothing could happen. And I was like, wait, what do you think? And she was funny. She was like, well, I just listened to my favorite murder about a family annihilator. So I'm not really in a good place. So she was like all day today. I've been like kind of shaking, scared. And, uh, I start, I don't have anxiety attacks ever. Really? I, I OCD. Like actual OCD, yes, but it it manifests its my anxiety manifests itself in rituals, mm-hmm. like in my calming. One reason you do I have do, anxiety, but you don't have like anxiety attacks. I don't have like full blown like sorry, got fucking oh, my ass is falling asleep. <laughs> um, I don't have full blown anxiety attacks. I have like yeah. I I what I'll do is my I'll do my rituals. I'll do my makeup is one of the best things for yeah. it because I'll the brushes on my face is so soothing and it's and I'll do a certain number of strokes or whatever and um sorry guys. And so I uh was actually having like an anxiety attack and Jenny was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, I'm just kind of freaking out. And she was like, do you want Maddox to turn the iPad down? And I was like, nope, that's not how my anxiety, <laughs> my anxiety is not like yours. <laughs> Loud noises don't bother me like that. But we thought like, and then we like kind of laughed about that because that was her first go-to is this will solve the problem. <laughs> and I was just like, I think I just want to talk about it because I was panicking. Yeah. And I was like, we're going to show up there. And I, I was like, turn around. We are taking our children into the lion's den. We're going to get there and we're going to be sitting fucking ducks and he's going to shoot us and kill us because that's how we lived our whole life. We Mm -hmm. lived our whole life in fear of when are we going to die? When is he going to kill us? It's going to happen one day when, and I literally was like this close to calling Seth and being like, come get me. 
we're going to die tomorrow. Like, so scared. And so, you know, keep in mind, I grew up on this farm. So we get, Jenny and I are just like laughing, having fun, um, as much fun as we can. And then we pull into, we pull on the dirt road and we pull down the driveway and, um, immediately tears just start like flooding down our face because it's the first time we've been here 10 years and it feels like home and we pull up and we there's dogs running around the fucking yard and we see our entire family just gathering around the car waiting on us to get out and they just fucking bear hug us all three of my uncles are there and they're, you know, my Aunt Dee Dee and my cousins and everyone. I mean, cousins I haven't seen in, since they were like newborns that are adults. There was a cousin I had never met, you know? And I'm just like, they just like grab us and love on us. And then where's the baby? Where's Layla? They just wanted to see her. And so I get her out and they just immediately love her and they love Maddox and I mean it's midnight at this point and they're fucking just drinking beer in the front yard playing cornhole (laughs) just like having so much fun and I'm like I'm just overcome and I just kept saying I'm sorry I'm sorry it's been so long I'm sorry and my uncle Dougie said baby it's not your fault and I walked in the house um I walked in the house and I, I mean, I've been in, I, this is the house I grew up in basically. Yeah. And I go and I see my papa, my papa Bob sitting in the chair. And he turns and he sees me and he goes, Oh my God, Casey, baby. And he just grabs me and he hugs me. First thing out of his mouth, your Nana loved you so much. And I just, you know, I'm crying. I'm so sorry. And he says, I had no idea what your dad did to you. If I had known, I'd have stopped it. I'd have saved you girls. And that was... um, Don't even hit the word. Because you, Laura, you, Laura, that's you. <laughs> I don't know if you know who you I'm are. I'm Laura. I don't know if you remember. It's been a fucking <laughs> shitty couple of weeks for you, Laura. But when I was talking about, do I go to this funeral or not? Um, you asked me, do they know yeah. what happened? And I was like, of course. Yeah. But it wasn't until after that weekend that I realized, um, because I was living it, it, I felt like it was so glaringly obvious to everyone else. But domestic abuse isn't always obvious to no. people on the outside. Especially not when it's a sociopath. Yeah. That's doing it because then it's, they're so fucking good at hiding it. Yeah. And that's that's why they're a sociopath. So yeah. it was, no, they didn't know. They didn't fucking know. And had they known, they probably would have tried to stop it. My fucking, I found out that weekend my Papa Bob tried to pay for my parents' divorce. <laughs> he tried to pay for my mom to get a divorce. Like, that speaks volumes about this. So, you know, he, he we we sit there and we talk a little while, for a little while about... And he was like, 
Mike is my first boy. I love my boy, but yeah. there's just something wrong with him in the head. And he just kept <laughs> saying, there's just something wrong with him. It's just messed up in the head. He was like, maybe I didn't love him enough. Maybe I wasn't around oh. enough. And he, but then he kept going back to, no, it's just something wrong with him in the head. So it, we had a really great talk. Um, and it would go from that to, I remember when I met your Nana <laughs> for the first time and she had the most beautiful auburn hair. He was like, not red. I like auburn hair. <laughs> he goes, it had just the right amount of curl to it. Oh, she was so beautiful. And she made me laugh like a man could make you laugh. <laughs> He's just like going on and on. And then it would go to, that was my best friend for 62 years. Oh, God. Um. I don't know how I'm going to go on without her. And then he'd say, I have a will to live. Oh, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. And then he'd say, and I ain't shit for housekeeping. So it's just like, well, obviously. <laughs> That's clear. Um, so it was funny because my daughter, as you know, Layla is usually in bed by at the latest midnight. Yeah. At the fucking latest. 4 a.m. <laughs> All the kids were just fucking running around, playing. Um, but they were having a great time. And I was also like, this is her first time fucking living in the wilderness. Like, yeah. seeing the country and, like, actually living like we grew up. Um, and I was like, this is fine. I'm going to let this happen. And then we go back to my Uncle Doug's house. And me and my Uncle Doug and my sister stay up till 8 a.m. His birthday was the day after his mom died. Uh-huh. And he said, it's funny because we were coming there and Jenny was like, do you want us to bring you some like Athens beer for your birthday or like a cake or anything? And he said, I don't know, just plant a tree or something. <laughs> like that's the kind of man who's on a plant a tree. <laughs> so he literally took us around and showed us the four trees he planted for his mom that day. Oh. Like, and then we went and looked at his okra he had planted, like, you know, whatever. Um, but he told me this really cool story and I'll tell it quickly because I know that we have a lot of lot to get into. Um, but he was at school and, um, he, um, oops, he was, he's a teacher, he's a science teacher and he, his, it's like block schedule. You know how we had block schedule in high school, yeah. it's like four periods. So the fourth period, he only has three students, but none of the students came to class that day. And he was like, well, that's weird. So it was kind of like a planning period for him. Yeah. And he was sitting there planning and he heard someone jingle and it's like law to lock your doors now. Like, because school shooting is a thing. So he felt, he heard someone's keys jingling trying to open the door. And so he gets up and he's like, oh, it's my principal. And he sees that his uncle, or that my Uncle Phil, his brother's calling him. And my Uncle Phil lives with my grandparents, or lived with my grandparents, or lives there. Anyway. So he um, thinks to himself, well, the dude that pays my bills is at my door. I'll call (laughs) this guy back. And so the principal says, Doug, you need to call home. There's something wrong with your mother. And he said, oh, my God, okay, so he calls, and Phil said, uh, Mom passed away. Ugh. So she had passed away, but they were able to resuscitate her and take her to the hospital, mm-hmm. um, and she was in ICU, and then she passed away the next morning. But um, so he, his wife is a math teacher at the high school. So he's a science teacher. She's a math teacher. So he went to her room, and it's a family. It's like a close-knit, like, family community down there. Yeah. So literally at this point all the teachers are like basically following him like i'm so sorry like it's like a high school of like 200 kids yeah you know and so Dee's like i'll get my shit together i'm on my way and so 
they he like waits for her to get her stuff together and then he walks back to the room and he unlocks the door and he opens the door and sitting in his chair his desk chair is a bird that's crazy and he when he's telling me the story he's telling me i have at least 10 people to back me up this actually happened i swear to god that's so insane yeah and he said there's like the only way it could i guess could have gotten in is through like a vent but there's a door in the classroom so he he said he walked over and he said something to the bird like basically like mom i know it's you like you know <laughs> whatever and so he um opens up the door to his room and he's like like he literally walked up to the bird and the bird didn't move away and so then he goes and he opens the door to the outside and the bird comes right through and flies right away like and you know we talk about birds yeah. all the time and it's just and he doesn't he doesn't listen to this fucking podcast i've no. seen him in 10 years yeah so for him to tell that story i was like holy fucking shit like yeah this is huge that is insane this is crazy so anyway so the next morning we wake up and by the next morning i mean two hours after we went to sleep we wake up <laughs> <laughs> because at this point i didn't know if my mom was coming or not but i get a call at 10 a.m and it's my mom she's driven the three and a half hours to come there and um she hasn't seen any of these people in you know over 10 years and uh she comes in and they welcome her with the biggest hug they could give her (laughs) and she comes in and she meets my uncle doug's two beautiful daughters vera and emily and that was the other thing is that they were that i think 13 and 12 and 6 i don't know 12 and 7 I don't remember I'm awful 10 years out of the business so (laughs) but they played with Layla and never once complained like oh she's annoying me or anything they were so good take care anytime I'd be like oh my god where's my kid they'd be like baby we got her come on sugar it's okay she's fine (laughs) have fun they were so happy but that's how family is and yeah not to say that my family at the coast isn't like that but my family at the coast isn't like that <laughs> no. like i'm not talking shit but they have all their own shit going on yeah and we we do we have a great family but i've never experienced that yeah uh, and even my mom was like that's yeah you're right and jenny's like that's how it should be so anyway i wake up and i'm kind of in a daze i'm exhausted i take an adderall and this speaks volumes about me but i didn't i brushed my teeth and i took a shower Knowing I may see my father for the first time in 10 years, I didn't put a drop of makeup on. Did not even brush my hair. Well, I think I did brush my hair, actually. Actually, I curled my hair a little bit, but it was not... You couldn't fucking tell. Threw my sunglasses on, and we went next door to my Papa Bob's house. And I'm seeing family members I have not seen. Here's the crazy fucking thing about my Nana. And I don't know if I told you this, but there are four Carter boys, four sons... And some of them are dirty dogs. <laughs> and there's a lot of ex-wives. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them haven't spoken to their exes in 15 years. Every single ex-wife was there. Oh, my God. Every single ex-wife came to the funeral. <laughs> that speaks to me volumes about my Nana. Yeah. About the kind of woman she was. And so I'm seeing my aunts that I haven't seen in years. Yeah. I mean, not, and not because I'd quit coming around, but because they had quit coming around <laughs> right. way before that, you know? Yeah. But we, you know, Facebook, you keep in touch on Facebook, this, that, and the other. Um, so the way it was, it was a graveside service. So they came to the house to do the like funeral possession, procession. Yeah. And they had a sign at the end of the driveway that said like, uh, drive slow, death in area. 
So, and it was on a fucking dirt road. Like, anyone's driving down this dirt road, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it was, like, root whatever until yeah. a couple years ago. <laughs> right. so, so, yeah. But they do the funeral procession, and we get in, and we're driving to the funeral. And on the way there, Jenny just bursts into tears. Just loses it. And Layla goes, Jenny, why are you sad? <laughs> you sad because your Nana did? <laughs> oh, no. And then we just bust it. We, like, we burst into laughter because it's like, yeah, bitch. That's why we're sad. We're sad because our Nana did. So we, we get to the, to the gravesite, which is, oh, oh, driving down the dirt road. This just spoke to me. Because you know how we talk about cars pulling over on the side of the road. Yeah. Driving down this dirt road, there's a man mowing his damn lawn on his John Deere. <laughs> and he stops, turns the lawn mower, his tractor off, takes his hat off and puts it over to, <laughs> over his heart until the entire procession wow. goes by. And I remember I looked out the back and it, he was cranking it back up when the very last car was. And it just... I mean, just yeah. it's a small community. I mean, the sheriff brought like three hams. It's a small community. <laughs> but, and she was, I mean, she lived there her whole life. Um, yeah. But it just, it it was touching. And those little tributes mattered. And that's what I'm remembering. Um, honoring the dead. Yeah. And um, we get to the church, which is funny because I'll show you real quick. Um, and we'll post this on the website. But this is where she's buried. So that's me and my Nana at her mom's grave. Oh, wow. And so she's buried a couple of graves over. But that's where we went to the funeral. And as soon as we pull up, I start looking around. Like we're scanning faces. Um, and we we get out of the car and um, my sister says, I think I see him. Oh, God. And my mom immediately turns around and starts walking away. And I see the three brothers kind of huddled together. And um, as soon as as soon as it's confirmed he's there, my um, cousin Ryan comes over to me and he puts his arms around me, and he says, "He said I'm going to protect you, cuz." Um, he said, "This is about Grandma. Mike doesn't get to win again." And then he he was like, "And I'm carrying." That was the other thing. It's like, if my dad showed up with a gun, all of these motherfuckers are carrying. Which, again, is not something I'm necessarily for. I'm terrified of guns, and I want... But I don't want to take anyone's fucking guns away. I'm just terrified of... They scare the shit out of me. Yeah. But, like, him, his brother, and his stepdad were there carrying guns. (laughs) So I was like, all right. And he's, like, active duty military weapon specialist. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. So I felt safe. And so I gave Layla to my Uncle Phil's second wife. (laughs) <laughs> second ex-wife so and lisa's like do you want me to take the baby and i was like yes so she holds her because i didn't want my dad setting eyes on her so i walk up and you know they line you in to the family sits here mm-hmm. anyone in the funeral procession is gonna sit yeah but my mom's like i'm not about to sit because that'll really piss mike off yeah i'm not about to do that so everyone sits down and because uh, he wouldn't understand that like she was there for you and exactly, your sister exactly yeah mm-hmm. it's funny i'll post the pictures on the blog I, I will for sure but the way all the brothers were dressed was you know tie shirt tucked in whatever no one was dressed in a fucking like nice ass suit but my dad was mm-hmm. and it was almost like because I know him, to me, it was like, you're still trying to pretend. Mm-hmm. Like, you're so much better than everyone. 
Yeah. Like I know what you're, and, and other people may see that and be like, wow, how respectful, you know, that's great. No, I know what he's doing. Not in this situation. Not in this situation. So my cousin Ryan is standing behind me and he, if anyone should have been sitting down, it was him, but he's standing behind me. His son is in front of me and his wife is in front of me and then Jenny and Maddox are in front of me. So I'm like in the back and I can just feel my dad. So he's to my left directly over me is my cousin Ryan. And he's, he, he made sure I sat where, sat where I sat because his little sister was sitting directly to my left. His wife and son were directly in front of me. So if any shit was going to go down, he was protecting the four of us and Jenny and Maddox were right next to his wife. So he had this corner protected Garrett, my Ryan's little brother, mm-hmm. was standing next to my mom the whole time. <laughs> and then Wardell is his name. <laughs> Iris, who is Phil and, uh, Phil's first wife, uh, Garrett and Ryan's mom. Wardell is her current husband. He's a 20-year um, Marine mm. veteran, retired. But he, you, if, and we talked about this for a long time afterwards. But when you looked, every <laughs> single set of eyes was on Mike. And they had literally set up a perimeter to oh make gosh. sure like we were okay yeah and you know part of me like we jenny and i discussed this we felt bad that that became the focus of the funeral yeah but at the same time i think they needed that yeah to focus on um because they'll grieve you know you know they'll they, they they're grieving now they were grieving then they'll grieve in their own time and i think that it kind but of was man a, anything that gives you a break yes just <laughs> something, your feelings. something else to focus on yeah truly so yeah um but the i think the one image that sticks with me is seeing from where I was sitting, seeing my grandfather, my uncle Doug, my uncle Paul, and my uncle Phil, and then my dad not seated, <laughs> standing in the back. Yeah. It was just so symbolic and also heartbreaking for yeah. me. Um, and I hate when I have these feelings. I hate when I humanize him because at the end of the day, he's a monster. But he's really good at making you feel bad for him. Um, but I thought to myself, I was sitting there and I was, I don't even know what the fucking the preacher said. I don't fucking remember for shit. <laughs> because I was just thinking like, I'm going to get a bullet to the back of the head any minute now. Like, I was that scared. Yeah. And um, and I'm whole, and, and at this point, Layla's in my lap. Because I was like, if, if anything happens, I want Layla with me. Mm-hmm. Not someone, not that Lisa wouldn't do a good job. I wanted Layla. With, I wanted her with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and after everything was said and done, um, I, Jenny came over to me and she goes, what do we do? And I said, I don't know. What do we do? And she said, do you think we should go talk to him? I said, I don't know. And it was almost like we just knew we should. So we said, Layla, go, Layla Maddox, go with Mimi. Um, and we walked over. And I just put my hand on his shoulder. He was walking away. Like, he was getting ready to leave. Um, And I put my hand on his shoulder. And I just said, I'm so sorry for your loss. And he turned around. And he looked stunned. Completely in shock. And this is my dad. The first time I've even seen his face in 10 years. Let alone spoken to him. And he goes, I'm so sorry for your loss. Your Nana loved you so much. 
or I'm sorry for your loss to your nana loved you so much and um he um looks at me and Jenny and he goes oh my god you girls are so beautiful I had no idea and I'm just standing there like I don't know what to do from here um and he said he looked at Jenny and he goes how old's your boy now and she said he's almost 10 he's gonna be 10 in a couple of weeks and he goes oh my god I'd love to I'd love to send him a birthday present I'd love to send him a birthday present and he goes you don't have to say yes right now um but I would I'd like to and Jenny goes I'll have to think about it and he looks at me and he goes where where's your baby and I said she's over there and I like pointed and he goes um you know how old is she and Jenny's like she's almost three and I'm just standing there like it was so surreal it almost felt like I was floating because I'm like mourning my grandmother but I'm also mourning and I'm mourning the 10 years I didn't have with her and then I'm mourning what I wanted my dad to be for me and then I'm facing that and it was just so much and I was just standing there just kind of like uh and Jenny goes should we bring the kids over and I was at this point I'm just following her lead yeah I'm like you've always been the older sister like call the shots here so I was like yeah like I'll go get them so I go and I was like come come on and Maddox walks over and he's just as polite as he can be you know just (laughs) the sweetest sweetest little boy yes sir no sir you know all this stuff and then Layla comes up and he's like he didn't even know her name And it's not, I mean, I didn't fucking want him to know. But he's like, what's your name? And she said, Layla. And I didn't say, Layla, this is your grandpa or anything. I said, this is mommy's dad. Like, this is mommy's daddy. And she was like, oh, okay. You know, she's not even three, (laughs) you know. She doesn't really understand the connection. Yeah, she's just like, all right, cool. Whereas, like, Maddox knew, like, Jenny has... He's asked Jenny before, where's your dad? And she mm-hmm. said, well, Eddie is mom's da- mommy's daddy because um, my real daddy is a, is a really mean man. Yeah. Um, and so Maddox, what a brave little boy. Yeah. And he was anxious. He was really nervous about it. But what a brave little boy to face that. Um, and afterwards, he was like, your dad seems really nice. And it's like, and Jenny, Jenny handles it so well because she was like, yeah, he does seem really nice. Um, but he's, you know, that's just, that's how he acts. Mm-hmm. That's how he acts. Not too heavy, not too, but not too fucking sugar-coated. So, you know, Layla's like, he's like, how old are you? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> she does, like, I don't fucking know. And so he does, like, he puts five fingers up. Are you this many? She's like, no. And then he does the two, and she's like, mm-hmm. And she counts them, and he said, Layla's one of my favorite songs. And so he's just kind of talking to her and then she's like all right peace bye and so she like bounces and um he he and jenny start talking and it was like kind of my opportunity to bounce and the dynamic with my dad and i was jenny was always the one to be like fuck you i'm not putting up with your shit but i was always the one that was like i'm so sorry that you're going through this i'm here for you i'll do anything i want you to love me like yeah but the role has changed. Not that Jenny was like that, but Jenny found some sort of serenity 
mm-hmm. where she was literally coasting and keeping it surface and being respectful and all these things where I was like, don't fucking talk to me. Yeah. Like, don't fucking, you are lucky I did what I did. Um, but also thank you for not murdering me. <laughs> so <laughs> murdering all of us at the funeral. So, um, we, if, if Jenny and I hadn't spoken, to, it was funny because Ryan was feet, a few feet away from us the whole time we were talking to my dad and I walked away and then Ryan walked up and I think if Jenny and I hadn't spoken to my dad that none of the brothers would have mm-hmm. and that their dad damn sure wouldn't have. But um, if afterwards, um, my grandpa came over and invited Mike back to the house. Um, so we get back and I'm not really feeling well for... <laughs> obvious fucking reasons <laughs> you got a deathly bacteria you're mourning the so I had many two things. hours of sleep yeah <laughs> yeah my dad yeah my fucking murderous crazy ass sociopathic father i'd seen for the first time in 10 years yeah that whole thing feeling like i'm walking into a death dungeon <laughs> so i'm like i think i'm gonna take a nap well jenny fucking goes next door and my uncle doug is and doug walked right into the house and sat down with a book that's how you're like all right well he's not doing great so he's just it's his way of being like nope i'm not worlding today i'm going into another world today exactly like farewell i'm I'm gonna read this book about rocks and it's gonna be very interesting like i'm just mm -mm, nope so hey we all grieve differently yeah grief is weird but it was one of those things that was just like you knew you knew just like leave me alone with this book yeah not even i was like can i go nap nope okay cool i'm just gonna okay awesome Bless, bless his heart and in the, the real genuine way and and my aunt Didi was like and their air conditioner was broken in their house it was the fucking only day this year we've had that was 90 degrees yeah it's has not been warm yet it was so hot and i had chub rub on my thighs <laughs> and i was just like oh it got to the point i was using their their daughter emily had baby powder in her room because my chub rub was so i had swamp ass like nobody's business so i was pouring baby powder but it got to the point that my leg i'd put so much baby powder that if you like slapped your legs powder would fly up through your leggings so i was like all right cool so that's not a thing i could do anymore and of course i didn't pack near enough because i was like i only thought i was staying one night yeah i didn't pack near enough um and i didn't think i would sweat through everything i owned or everything i brought so whatever but um i go and lay down and i wake up like an hour into my nap because i'd taken like two adderalls this day i wasn't gonna sleep anyway but layla was sleeping so i waited i did my makeup because that's what i do when i want to calm down yeah and I had texted Jenny. I was like, how's everything going? Are you okay? And she said, I'm fine. I'm keeping it real surface. I said, is he drinking? Because that's when it's mm. always going to change. And she said, he's not drinking. Um, and she said, a friend drove him up. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And so I was finally, Layla had just woken up. She had eaten. I was getting ready to go over there. And Jenny calls me and said, Mike's getting ready to leave. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, I was just about to come over. But tell him I said, bye. Just Whatever. Because I'm still on autopilot. Yeah. I haven't even begun to process and decompress. <laughs> Not yeah. at all. And so he, um, she said, I could hear her be like, oh, okay, okay, like to someone else. And she goes, he wants to ride over and tell you bye. Now, Doug hadn't even gone over there. And I think part of the reason was he didn't want to mingle with people because he had lost his mother. And he, mm-hmm. was, he was there all the time. He lived yeah. next door. But I think also probably didn't want to see Mike. Yeah. And I didn't think to ask, hey, is it okay if he comes over? 
I just, I just was Cause like, you're just on out of, on I'm about, just like, on fucking okay. Out of if he wants to come, then I guess I'll let him come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. And for years, he's always called the shots. Yeah. So what, what's going to change that now? <laughs> yeah. And I damn sure don't have the ball. I can say all I want. Fuck you. But I damn sure don't have the balls to tell him that to his face. Oops. <laughs> I can't on a Facebook message, but not to his face. <laughs> so he, um, he, they roll up. And I'm on the front porch. It's a beautiful fucking land. But I'm on the front porch. And um, I walk down. And at this time, I have makeup on. <laughs> and he gets out of the car. And he goes, oh, my God, you're so beautiful. Again. And I was like, well, duh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I noticed Jenny's lingering in the car. And I'm like, what's going on there? Found out later, she was asking the guy, did he give you gas money? Because she fucked... I mean, he stole money from us all. Like, yeah. we even... This is when we noticed there was a lift sticker on the car. So his friend that was getting really impatient after three hours at a funeral with people he didn't know. Was a lift driver. Was a lift driver. We think. <laughs> um, and because when she said, did he give you gas money? He goes, yeah, it's all good. Like, it's all good. Whatever. Like, we're okay. So then we, of course, started joking in our fucking sick, twisted brains that there's going to be a fucking murdered lift driver in a car <laughs> stolen car situation because that would be some shit yeah um terrible but um he gets out of the car and Jen, when jenny gets out he goes he was like it's, it was really good to see you and i don't i think it's that i'm impressed and i'm also just so surprised with myself because i'm i can bullshit <laughs> and i'm really good at being like playing the crowd and being not playing the, but you know what i mean like Playing the crowd. Playing I mean, the crowd. Yeah, that's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And like, I can pretend, but for some reason I couldn't. And it was, it's, I wish I could be more like this person I was with my dad because I can get taken advantage of really easily. And, um, and I think that's something that, you, you know, we joke in this podcast that I'm this like cocky kind of whatever, but we also talk about how that's all an act. Yeah. It's all an act. I am, I think I'm the, one of the most giving people, um, because I want that from other people. Yeah. Um. And so for me to be like so cold, Tim was weird. But he was like, "It's so good." To no, see you're me. never cold. Yeah. To anybody. No. Ever. Even, Even when people you really, it. really yes. want to be cold to. Yeah. You're not. So that's why it was shocking to me that I was able to be like. <laughs> I'm seeing where you were like, you're you've sent me text messages that you sent to somebody. You're like, see, I was kind of a bitch to him, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what like this person deserved for them you to be a bitch to them and you were still just like is this okay do you understand why i feel this way please say yes (laughs) are you mad (laughs) yeah i hope i can explain to you why i'm feeling this way and you don't take it personally i think you may have taken this personally and you know what i changed my mind i'm changing my mind i don't i don't feel this way anymore you changed my mind I'm wrong. You're right. Oh, Casey, I didn't get any of your messages. I've been in a dentist appointment. That's why. I'm, I'm not mad at you. I don't know what you're talking about. This has never happened, by the way, but it wouldn't surprise oh, me. Oh, but there have definitely been times where I'm over-explaining <laughs> because... And, yeah, no, that's all another thing. <laughs> but I'm like, please don't be mad at me. I didn't mean it. Like, um, so I just burped and it might smell really bad. Just warning. Those hamburgers we made earlier. But anyway, so he, he says to me... Um, it's so good to see you. And the fact that I wasn't like, it's good to see you too. Because even if I was fucking lying, normally I could do it. And I was just like, mm-hmm. like nodding my head like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's neat. And he says, can I get a picture of you girls? 
And I'm like, you can always take my fucking picture. Like, you know, <laughs> sure. I just did my makeup. <laughs> yes, bitch. Come on. So I put my arm around Jenny and then my uncle Doug comes down from mm. the porch. And part of it was probably him being polite. But another part of it, I think, was him making sure Mike wasn't saying anything to us. Yeah. And so he comes down and um, he says, do you, can, do you want me to take a picture of all three of you? And that was my moment of, no, 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 no. I wasn't prepared for this. And I know Doug didn't mean it in any way, but I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. But what did I do? I said, okay. And I stood there like. And it's I, the most awkward picture. This picture, my face is like, I can't, y'all can't see it, but it, <laughs> I'll, I might share it. Jenny posted on Facebook and I was like, please take it down. Yeah. Not because it's a bad picture of me, but because I don't want a picture of me and my father right now to exist. Yeah. Um. And she did. She apologized for not asking first because it's very sensitive subject. But um, he just, he, I don't even remember what he said. I, it's like. I'm surprised she posted it to begin with. She's just in this place. And yeah. It's cra- and you know what? So I was talking about this. I said, I spent years feeling sorry for him and trying to be okay with him because my abuse was mostly emotional. Hers was mostly brutally physical. Yeah. So she's been angry. I, yeah. I'm this anger is new to me. She's further down in the grief yeah. process with it all. Yeah. So so for her, it was kind of like she said that she had a moment on the Thursday night before because I'd gone to her house when I left. She had a moment where she like looked at his Facebook and she thought to herself, he's just a sad old man. Yeah. He's not scary anymore. Like, yeah. He's not. He's not the big towering dark figure that hung over our lives he's just a sad old man she's at the point where she can put like a numb a numb face on for yeah and i'm at the point where if i open up this even the smallest amount of maybe he's not so bad then i crumble yeah and i get right back to being taken advantage of and not only taken advantage of but you have to be cold right now i have to be People say anger is easy, but sometimes anger serves a purpose and it protects yeah. you. And it, and it, I don't know. I, I have to be angry right now. And I can't tell you how many times I've had, I've been tempted to text him because my sister has his number now. And I mean, we, we've had him blocked everywhere, but that's where she is. It's just so wild. But she even feels herself kind of slipping back mm. and, and hoping for more because he says things like, I've lost so much over the years because of my own stupidity. Um, he like he wants photos. If we have any photos of his life, he wants them because he's literally lost his own fucking de- medical degree. He's lost it. You know, yeah. like he had storage units that would get bought and the shit would be gone. And in fact, one guy called us here in Athens when he was practicing. A guy found me on the Obama <laughs> website in 2008 when I was like canvassing <laughs> for Obama, and he messaged me and was like, "I have a." a footlocker of your dad's full of personal documents. Do you want it? And I was like, sure. So I went and picked it up and I'm talking, it was like his fucking green beret, his actual green beret, his military Mm. uniform, his photos of his family, of me, of Jenny, of April, of my mom and father's day cards. Um, his call his medical degrees. Um, all kind like, and, and it was funny, too, because there was, like, a military photo, like, how to fight Iraqi insurgents. Like, just crazy shit that, yeah, he'd probably want 
But so Jenny was like, good news, dude. Some awesome guy found us. And yeah, I'll send you some pictures because he was like only through the kindness of two special forces brothers. Have I seen any or gotten one or two photos? <laughs> um, but like, it's dangerous because he's at this point where he's like so humbled. But I think it's all an act. That's what everyone kept saying. Well, Mike was on his best behavior. Mike was on his best behavior. And it's like, well, he was because it's a tactic. Yeah. It's the beginning of another fucking. Because, yeah, um, it wouldn't have served his purpose to come in there shooting the place up and acting like an ass. It served his purpose to show up in a suit and act like a respectable person. Yep. Because he knows what he's doing. Yeah. But then I know this, and I still find myself being like, I want to reach out. still your dad. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I keep thinking that this whole thing is... I get really sad, obviously. And I think that I get angry. I get sad and I get angry at my dad for all the years that I lost with my Nana. Um, And and this family. This family Mm -hmm. that loves me. Well, you know... You'll never get the fulfillment of what it is to have a good father. No. But now that you've reconnected with this family, my they might. Doug feels like my dad. Yeah. But now that you've, now that you've reconnected with them, they might be able to fill some of the void. Oh, for sure. Well, and they're, they're me. Yeah. They are so connected with me. Yeah. And we do not necessarily see eye to eye politically or ide- like our ideology is might shift a little bit here and there but like we even touched on that a little bit and that's fine you know what yeah we still went to the fucking end of the road and smoked pot in a circle (laughs) together and like had a fucking great time i played daddy issues by beyonce for him and uh and they were like that's a good song who is that and i was like fucking beyonce and they were like what (laughs) what yeah bitch beyonce's great singer anyway so but like the point is is that like i i know i'll never get back the mm-hmm. time i lost but what i'm happy to do is and excited to do is m- never make that mistake again right and um i had a feeling and i don't necessarily you know we've talked about i don't know about an afterlife all this that and the other but if my nana did see us if she could see us i know that she was fucking just dancing and happiness yeah. knowing that we were all together and like I said, I think my uncle and I and I reconnect with my uncle Paul who lives in Brunswick. <laughs> he's gonna be at the drag show we're going to. Oh, like, cool! Yeah, he's awesome. Um, hit my uh, uncle Doug basically feels like my older brother slash my dad. <laughs> like he's. I texted him afterwards. Oh, so his wife's uncle died the day after my nana. Oh wow! And so I texted him. I was like, I hope you guys are okay. Like I miss you guys so bad. Like it really hurts. Um, and he wrote back and he just said, I miss all of, I miss all of you babies. Like, uh, Dee Dee's doing okay. We're thinking of opening a professional grieving service. And I was like, well, then you definitely have to be on my podcast. Like, but he, Jenny and I had this emotional hangover, this like wave of sadness for days because we felt homesick and we were home and it was really hard at the time, but it ended up, what I'm realizing is it's kind of a beautiful thing because I didn't realize I had. I didn't realize I had this home. Yeah. And I didn't even realize that I've been wanting this home. And I can't wait to get back. And who knows what's going to happen in the future. But I have this connection with these people that I identify with on a level I never thought was possible. And it's happening. And so the other day I had that lucid dream. 
mm-hmm. which was so weird. I had a dream where I, um, I had taken melatonin and it felt like I was sleeping for hours and it was like <laughs> 10 minutes. And in my dream, I went into a closet and I pulled down this box and that was all that happened in the dream. And then I woke up and like I said, it felt like I'd been sleeping forever. So I woke up and I walked in to the closet and I saw this box. So I like got the stool and I like pulled it down cause it was kind of the back and right on top, Seven had cleaned out our filing cabinet and put like my giant personal documents folder in this box with like a bunch of Layla's birth stuff. And at the very top of this file was two letters from my Nana. And one of them said, dear Casey, Nana and Papa are so proud of you. You're one of the good ones. Of course, we always knew that. <laughs> I hope we can see you soon. Love, Nana and Papa. And when I read that, I hope we can see you soon, it crushed me. Like, I bawled my eyes out. But then I kind of thought to myself, like, this is like a message from beyond. Yeah. This is her way of saying, like, don't wait so long next time. Yeah. Well, don't, don't, don't. What do you do at funerals? You say, oh, we're going to be better about this. We're going to be better. Yeah. We're going to do better. And then no one ever does. Yeah. So I'm I'm at the place of I don't want that to happen because I'm going to be there one day. Yeah. That is the part that hurts me the most is thinking that my Nana missed me. Yeah. That sucks. Which you shouldn't feel bad about. I know. And people say, oh, she knew you loved her. She understood. But no one fucking actually knows that. You Were you her? No, you're not. And so that's like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it come, and I know it comes from a good place. But I'm still at the place where I'm angry at myself. Well, but it's okay to be angry at yourself, too. Yeah. But it's like, no one knows that. Sure, she probably did because she wasn't a cunt. But like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> There's still this part in my mind that's like, I hope she knows. I hope she knew. Like, I hope she fucking... Anyway, it's a fucking long-ass story. And, like, I honestly told you a third of it. And there's so much more that I'm going to tell you (laughs) off the record. Because it's some shit that I just don't want on the record. And maybe a couple episodes later I'll talk about it. But right now I don't want it on the record. And we'll get to that later. Um, But, yeah, that's my fucking, (sighs) believe it or not, brief version of my funeral story. (laughs) Um, so it was like three funerals in one. Yeah. Pretty fucking crazy. That is crazy. I just can't believe I saw my dad. Like I, still I know. Can't. And you know what? The whole time I kept thinking, Jenny took pictures of him and Maddox and my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And I had a tinge of regret that I didn't do that with Layla because I knew the whole time. This is the last time I'm seeing my father. Yeah. This is it. I have no reason to see him. Yeah. Um, it was weird. I had a weird feeling he was going to be there. Yeah, I think everyone did. But I wasn't about to tell you not to go. Because no. I felt like it was good for you to go. And I'm really proud of you for going, which I told you. Thank you. Like, I'm just proud that you decided not to let him win this one. That's what it was, yeah. But could you imagine? Yeah, could you imagine if I hadn't gone? One, like... Yeah. I think this was... I think, honestly, had I not gone to this, as much as my family was saying, we're going to protect you... We're, we're going to back you up. I think had I not gone to this, then that would have been it. Yeah. But like, as soon as we got there, Laura, they were like, baby, we got you. Like, they made me feel so welcome. They were like, tell us what you're worried. I even told them, I was like, I was afraid we were walking into this and that this was a setup. 
that he was going to be here. And they like laughed and they're like, no, fuck him. Like <laughs> they know, you know, yeah. but, but it is still this like moment of, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. No, I'm, I am really, really, really glad I went. Sometimes there's no reason to go to a funeral. You thought you would might not go to your grandma's funeral. Yeah. I mean, I talked about it. Like if I had, if it happened while I was going to Wisconsin or something, I don't know that I would have. And yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Cause I think, I think I would have gone to this. It would have had to keep hell freezing over yeah. to keep me because I was fucking literally dying. Yeah. Funeral Stories is produced by Seth and Molino, and music is by John Pope. Check out our website and blog by going to www.funeralstories.com. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Funeral Stories and on Instagram at Funeral underscore Stories. Donate to our cause on Patreon to unlock subscriber rewards. And please don't forget to send your funeral stories to funeralstoriespodcast at gmail.com or hello at funeralstories.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes and listen on your preferred podcasting service. Thanks, guys. Bye.